Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. It's a chance for me to talk with you about your business. We're not going to talk about what's going on in other places or have some random conversations. I'm going to talk to you about growing. And it's weird today. You feel like it's weird today? Because right now, if you walk outside my door, it's just weird. It looks like the apocalypse. You see, I am in uh, the small business capital of America, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thank you very much. Why is it the small business capital? Because we're here and no one else claimed it. So that's why we are. And I walk outside on this beautiful summer day and there is smoke. And I'm not even kidding. Smoke and haze hanging in the air. You smell campfire when you walk outside. These Canadian wildfires are burning like crazy, and the jet stream or some science I don't understand has brought the smoke right here over Milwaukee. So as I walk out and I see things literally burning, I realize something that happened in the business is something I should probably talk about on the show so you can hear me talk about it. Because what's going on in Canada is a total emergency. And what happened in my wife's business last week was a total emergency. So I think we need to take a minute and we need to talk about emergencies. We spend so much time worrying about growing our sales or improving our network or increasing our profits. We never really say out loud the WTF moments, like the, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened moments. So let's talk about emergency planning and the things that you need to spend some time on before you regret it. All right. We won't go in like any priority order, but I will start with the one that scares me the most. And that is data corruption. Now, think about an emergency in your business, especially if you sell your thought for a living. You're a thought worker, you're a consultant, you're a writer, you're a creator of some kind. If you lost all of your files, what would happen to you? If you're like me, it would be almost game over. So today, right now, before you stop what you're doing, I want you to get out your little day planner or however you stay organized and write data backup on it. Because last week, my wife, beautiful, brilliant, photographer, awesome, she deals in files. She'll take a picture, it turns into a file. But she's been really good from the start about backing up her data. So she lost her hard drive. But fortunately, she uses an online backup like Backblaze. 
Do you? I had someone tell me we should have a physical copy on site and two copies in the cloud in two separate places. If you don't have your data backed up someplace, you're in trouble because you may have a hard drive fail. You might get uh, locked out. And that way someone's taking over your system and they're trying to ransom you back into your software. I mean, what a nightmare scenario. So the first thing, the first emergency is data corruption or some sort of hacking. Make sure today you're backed up. The second one is similar, but a little bit different. What would happen to your business if your computer died? Not the software, the hardware. Just all of the sudden, your computer's dead, totally bricked. Would you have to wait for Amazon or Best Buy to ship you a new one? Or do you have a backup computer someplace? I would recommend that you have some sort of backup device that would allow you to continue to operate. Now, if you're like me, you don't have the money to buy an entire backup system, but maybe there's an old laptop that you used to use. And when you power it up, what you need to have is all of your passwords and access to your cloud files. So if you use LastPass, make sure it's on your backup computer. You got to have backup files so you can get there because the business shouldn't stop because a one-inch piece of plastic decided to burn, right? Too much risk. We're talking about emergencies in the business. We really need to get purposeful about backing our stuff up and making sure that we can continue our operations. Here's another thing that I thought about. Do you have backup transportation? The other day, our power went out. So we had to go out and figure out how to open the garage door with no power. Do you know how to do that? And if your computer died, do you have Uber? Do you have a friend that could pick you up? You got a bike? You got a way to get around? You got to have backup transportation just in case. Here's another thing that popped up as I started brainstorming about this. What kind of backups do you have for your suppliers and your power partners? Let's say you make donuts for a living. What happens if the supply company you buy from goes out of business without letting you know? Does your business stop? Do you have a backup supplier with an account already with that backup supplier? I don't care if you make tables or donuts or clothes or you're a thought worker. It doesn't matter. If you use something to make what you do, you must, you owe it to your clients and your children. Literally, you got to have a backup supplier. So, so far, we've talked about data, your computer, transportation, and having a backup supplier if you use some sort of goods to make whatever it is that you make in your small business. Now, there are two more, and these are for real things that you have to have if you want a proper emergency backup for your small business. These are big, and they're expensive because they have to do with money, but you will operate better, and you'll have a more secure business and outlook on your lifestyle if you do these two things. You know what they are? The first one is insurance. Now, there are operators that see the price of small business insurance and think, I don't have that kind of money. And I would tell you, you can't afford not to have the proper insurance. You need to be backing up and keeping your insurance agent aware of all of your gear and all of the work that you do, because you may introduce a new product that exposes you to an entirely new line of risk that you never even thought of. 
Because people can sue you. You know what their grounds can be? Anything. If you're not backed up, if you don't have the proper insurance, you're exposing yourself not only to the physical things that could happen, like fire or flood or whatever it might be, lightning strikes, frying a computer. You could also be exposed to errors and omissions. You could be sued for just a litany of reasons. So having a good insurance agent and making sure that they know what you do every day and that you're properly backed up, it really is critical. And don't even get me started on health insurance. If you're listening to this right now and you don't have health insurance, I I can't help you. I mean, you just have to have health insurance. I'm sorry. Make the investment and do it. Because if you don't have health insurance and something bad happens to you, you're out of business. You're bankrupt. It's over. So please do that. The last thing you need to do about emergency planning and making sure that you and your business are backed up just in case, and this one's not very sexy, you got to have a cash reserve. You just have to. And what does that cash reserve do for you? It lets you sleep at night. And it lowers your stress. Let's say you've got a cash reserve of one month operating or one month of your paycheck. I recommend both, by the way. And your biggest client cancels. If you don't have that cash reserve, well, it's a big fire. It's a big fire. Smoke would be coming into Milwaukee. The fire would be so big. But if you're sitting on a cash reserve, you can take a breath. You can talk to the client, maybe work out a payment plan or try and save them in 90 days. It's just not as intense of an emergency if you take your time and you do your emergency planning. Talking about emergencies or thinking about the times when things don't go perfectly, it's not very fun. But boy, is it important. And after Abby's data crashed last week and I walked outside today and smelled campfire smoke and saw haze from hundreds of miles away, I thought we had to have this discussion. So please, today, I'm begging you. I'm 6'4", I'm on my knees in a praying position saying, please take a minute today and think about your emergency planning for your small business. All right, what else do we have today on the Pat Miller Show? We are going to talk with our good friend, Michael Rampola from Spirity. He's coming back on today to do a two-segment appearance to talk about a growth versus a fixed mindset. What do we need to grow? Michael will explain it next on the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. You're an expert in your own field, so why not take it to the next level and get paid for it? Hi, I'm Wendy Babcock. My three-day paid speaking boot camp is your ticket to turning what you know into real income. No matter if it's an audience of five people or 500, or if you don't have books, services, products, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or even well-known, Wendy's online paid speaking boot camp will give you the skills to always get paid for speaking no matter what. Keynote speakers get paid anywhere from $2,500 to $7,500. At my intensive three-day boot camp, you'll not only build your speaking skills, you'll also learn where to find and how to book speaking gigs. The next boot camp is June 27th through 29th. Register now at paidspeakingbootcamp.com and you'll also get lifetime access to Wendy's weekly speaker support hour, an exciting forum to get answers and unlock still more secrets to getting paid for speaking every time you step on stage, no matter what. Register now at paidspeakingbootcamp.com. Paidspeakingbootcamp.com. Developing your business is a journey. 
So make sure and bring along a trusted Sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- 310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. We are on the air to help you grow your business with an emphasis on the word grow. We want you to be bigger and better and closer to your dream by doing what you love. But sometimes you can get stuck and you really just don't have that correct growth mindset to take your business to the next level. Our guest today is one of my favorite interviews that I get to do. He's just awesome at explaining complex topics, and he's going to help us navigate this growth mindset area. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, Michael Rampola, strategist and coach with Spirity. Michael, thank you for coming back. How are you, friend? Thank you, Pat, for having me. I'm great to be back. I am doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for the opportunity to be here. Yeah, I love having you on the show because I mean what I say. For some reason, you just have this ability to say something that's so complex in such a simple way that we all get it. We all hear about a growth mindset and we should have it. But sometimes we feel stuck and confused and frustrated. How do we get into a growth mindset? And can you share with us why it's so important? Absolutely. And you said it right. We get stuck even though we want to be growing, even though that's our desire. And here's what's really interesting about growth mindset, Pat. It is our natural state. We are naturally born with a growth mindset. My proof point on that is if we weren't, we would never learn to walk. Because (laughs) the first time we stumbled and fell down, we wouldn't get up again. That hurt. (laughs) Right? Babies wouldn't bother trying to roll over and turn over because that takes a lot of effort. It's a whole lot easier to lay here and get attended to. Right? So if... Growth was not our natural state. There's a lot of things we would never really learn how to do as humans. But that's my proof that growth is where we start. And over time, a fixed mindset is what we learn. It's an unfortunate learned behavior, but it's also part of being human because that's part of our, uh, it's part of our, our common experience. But here's what's cool. If it's conditioned in, it can be conditioned out. If we learn it, we can also unlearn it or learn better ways to handle it. I want to talk about how we unlearn it, but I want to make Mm -hmm. sure that I understand what you mean by fixed. Does that mean we don't try new things and take risks? Thanks for asking. It can be multiple things. Fixed mindset shows up in three main ways. It shows up in how we think, it shows up in how we act, and it shows up in how we react. So start with think. When fixed mindset shows up in how we think, it's what we believe about ourselves and others. One of those major belief areas is whether you believe that you're either born with talent or not. If you believe that to be true, that's a fixed mindset way of thinking. If you believe that this is how I was born and this is my character, this is my personality, or 
That's how they were born and they'll never change. If you believe people never change, that's a fixed way to look at the world. And the other way about thinking is about comfort zone, whether you aim for things that are comfortable and familiar and you think that that's where you should spend your time or whether you think that change has positive benefits and you think that it's worth the discomfort of going through the middle to get to the eventual positive outcome. Those are all thinking and that's part one of the fixed mindset. That is really in dislike evil. Like the idea that how we think, the story we tell ourselves in our head could be fixed, that would really cut us off from, you know, doing new things or taking things to the next level. What about acting? How does fixed mindset show up in the way that we behave? In the way that we behave, it shows up in the kinds of activities we engage with. There's three areas here to think about. One area is if I'm doing something and it's taking longer than I think it should take. This should be quick. If it's not quick, then maybe I shouldn't be spending my time on it. A fixed mindset says it's not worth the long-term effort. Another part of it is just how much effort I'm putting into it. This is difficult. This is challenging. Or is it easy? Is it hard? Is it taking long or is it going quickly? And then how much extra spend do I have to put into it? So one of my good friends always asked me, is the juice worth the squeeze? And if I'm always, <laughs> if my brain tends towards no, it's not. Or I'm expecting, if, if everything should be easy for me, and anytime it's not, it's not for me, that's a fixed way of acting. And then we think about reacting with a mm -hmm. fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. When we're thinking about our reactions, what does that look like? Reactions looks like probably the most obvious one is how we respond to mistakes, setbacks, and failures. If mistakes and setbacks and failures are your chance to say, this isn't for me, or that's going to be more likely to have a long-term negative impact on your mood or your behavior or your willingness to try, that's a fixed way of reacting. The other two are around feedback, how I respond to feedback, criticism, constructive or otherwise. And the third area there comes in when I look at how other people are successful and whether that's either inspirational to me or demotivating. Do I look at somebody else succeeding in my, in my domain and say, oh, they're the winner, therefore I can't be? Or do I say, oh, winning is possible, therefore I'm going to aspire to be that? And how I react is very much, we call that success of others. How I respond to the success of others can be in a growth way or it can be in a fixed way. Yeah, that definitely speaks to don't grow it alone and the mission we're trying to teach inside the Idea Collective. I would imagine as a coach who's really good at what you do, you can know in the first meeting if someone's stuck in a fixed mindset. Is that true? Absolutely. Um, I am finding it even in initial get-to-know-you networking meetings. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's because once you know the framework and what we just introduced, really, once you understand the framework, it gives you a way to look for and understand things that otherwise are, are just ways of talking, right? I mean, think about the things that I've already mentioned, right? Yeah, I, I struggled with that, and so I gave it up, right? Oh, that's something anybody would say in, in a common conversation. Talk about your business or, uh, you know, well, this is the thing I started my business with, and therefore I've always just done that. Conversationally, that's anecdotal. But from a diagnostic and coaching perspective, that's an opportunity, right? So listening and learning to listen, once you have this framework, you can find those opportunities. And for us as coaches, it gives us a chance to show where we can really be helpful and be supportive and help somebody grow, like you just said, in a very intentional way and not operate on default in those, those areas where they otherwise might get stuck. I want to explore how we get out of the fixed mindset in a minute, but I want to make sure that we're really clear about how we got into it. You told us what the symptoms were, mm -hmm. and you told us that growth is natural, mm -hmm. but how do we end up in the fixed mindset? You said it was a learned behavior. How do we get right. here? 
we got here in the same way that we learned how to do anything else, repetition over time. And then we would want to go into, I mean, we're getting into the, the assessment side of this, which uh, just a quick background to kind of validate this point. So growth mindset, original researcher, Carol Dweck, and her then you know, future collaborator, um, Angela Duckworth, what they found is that this is something worth exploring, but what the research didn't provide them with is, well, how do we assess for it? And then after we can assess for it, how do we strategize around getting out of it? And now that we have assessments and strategies and the uh, certification that we've gotten on, on growth mindset now, that gives us the ability to understand that this is all based on one core idea, which is it's cognitive and it's behavioral. And it's how those two things work together. In layman's terms, it's how our brain and our behavior work together. So the thinking and the reacting and then the actions that follow, if over time we fall into a pattern, this is comfort, this is familiar, this is any kind of habit that I might have, those habits, when taken bigger than just a, a behavior habit, become a way of thinking and operating. And it becomes our new default. It's as simple as the route you take home from work. At some point, you established it, and now that's just what you do. This happened to me the other day. I was going somewhere and I, super simple, I knew where I was going. It was a morning networking event. There's going to be coffee and breakfast. At that moment where I either turn into the quick trip or don't turn into the quick trip, I was paying attention to something else and I wouldn't turn into the quick trip to get my morning coffee and breakfast. <laughs> and literally pulled a U-turn halfway down the drive because, oh no, that, I don't need that this morning. Because it was such an ingrained behavior. So it becomes something that starts small, it gets repeated over time, and then after a, enough time of repeating it, that habit becomes an automatic behavior. So you can become automatic without being intentional on a fixed. And therefore, we can also do the same thing for growth. It's a fascinating conversation. And we're going to turn the attention now to getting out of the fixed mindset and getting into the growth mindset. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face -face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom Customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. We are here to help you grow your business, but you can't grow if you're not in the right frame of mind. If you're stuck in a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset, you're not going to go as far as you deserve. Joining us is Michael Rampola, strategist and coach for Spirity. Michael, uh, thanks for hanging on with us because we talked about the difference between fixed and a growth mindset. And you shared that in a fixed mindset, it shows up in the way we think, act, 
and react. So if we're stuck there, what happens as we try to emerge from think, act, and react? You got it exactly right. As we try to emerge out of think, act, and react, the same patterns of behavior that got us into those those fixed ways of thinking are going to do everything they can to hold us there. I'm sure a lot of us have heard about the idea of the comfort-seeking brain, the amygdala part of your brain that wants to sabotage you in many cases because what is familiar is what is comfortable, even if it's not a positive thing for us in our life. And that that's something that's always fascinated me. Even if what I'm doing is detrimental and negative, its familiarity makes it comfortable and therefore makes it hard for me to change. Mm. And that's why we got to explore the mindset because how you think about that whole situation is absolutely fundamental to you thinking about a different way to get out of it. So when we think about getting out of it, you think, for mm-hmm. example, what goes into the thinking portion as we try and emerge? So the two biggest areas of think. So uh, as we talked earlier about the think, the act, the react, then there's these sub areas where the, we call them the fixed mindset triggers. They trigger us into a fixed mindset. There's a belief portion of think, which is what I believe about ability and what I believe about personality whether I'm born that one way or if I can ever change. And the other one is this comfort zone idea. And comfort zone is fascinating because it's, again, talk about a common phrase that we use all the time. I, I got to get out of my comfort zone and growth happens outside your comfort zone. Here's what's fun. <laughs> That's scientific fact. That's not just a, a great meme. That's actual truth. Growth happens outside your comfort zone. In my comfort zone, I am not changing and therefore I can't do anything different and therefore I can't grow because grow is better, grow is different, grow is change. Comfort zone is the opposite of that. So if I want to grow, grow it by myself or hopefully, right, not grow it alone, grow it with others around me, I need to get out of my comfort zone. So that's, that's, not, just, that's not just a great bumper sticker, it's actual science. And that's giving something to hang our hat on now. What we believe in our comfort zone makes up think. What goes into act and react real quickly? Because mm-hmm. I want to ask you about comfort zone because it is absolutely. so common. Yeah, let's, let's build out the rest and we'll come back for comfort zone because it's absolutely the place to start. Um, in how you think, excuse me, how you act, we have high effort, how much, how much effort I'm going to put into it, whether it's easy or hard. We have grit, which is how long it's going to take, grit and grind. How much, how much I can do a repetitive task over and over to get to the outcome I want. And then challenges, which is just how, how big of a thing does it look? What's the scope of it? That's all in how you act and how I react to that perception of the, of the task at hand, whether I go for it or shrink away, um, is based on those three triggers. Um, that's act. And then how you react, we have feedback, how I respond to feedback, um, getting self-awareness from others. We have setbacks, which is setbacks, mistakes, and failures, anything in that area. How do I react when things don't go as planned? Because they never do. That's a conversation for a future episode, I feel like. Um, and then how I react to the success <laughs> of others, whether I see others being more successful than me as aspirational or demotivational. Um, and then all of that goes back to how I think about all of the above, which takes us back to that thinking. This is such a brilliant overview, because if you're just joining us, we're talking with Michael Rampola, strategist and coach for Spirity, about the growth mindset. And if you're in a fixed mindset, which is the opposite, those things you just listed, how you react to seeing others win and how you react to a setback or how you're behaving if you've got the grit to keep going when it gets hard, all of those are warning signs that you're stuck in a fixed mindset. That's a brilliant overview. Thank you for that. All right, so let's get into comfort zone because you're right. Everybody talks about it and it's a scientific fact. So talk to us about comfort zone and how we can make sure we are in a growth mindset when it comes to comfort zone. Let's think in life, this is a spectrum and the spectrum goes from comfort, it's zones, from comfort zone 
And actually the high end of it is actually the stretch zone. So, and, but a, a step short of there is the growth zone. So we've got, let me build up. So comfort zone, you'll love this. What comes next to the fear zone designed to keep us in the comfort zone. Past the fear <laughs> zone comes the learning zone. Going through learning gets us to the growth zone. And then if we want to keep going, we get to the stretch zone. So that's comfort, fear, learning, growth, stretch. And when I put it that way, learning comes before growth, comes before stretching. Again, that sounds very intuitive and it's because that's our lived experience. We have fear about the future. That fear keeps us in our comfort zone. We have to work through the fear to get to the learning, which enables us to achieve the growth and beyond. But that's not our natural state. It's fascinating, right? It is fascinating because when you think about comfort zone, that implies that you're okay with what's going on. But that's not always the case. You can be in a comfort zone, but still be dissatisfied. But fear stops you from learning what you need to learn to get into the growth and then get into the stretch. If we are stuck in our comfort zone, what do you coach your clients to do to start moving forward? So one of the great things about um, having the certification that we have gives us a ton of strategies, actually. We have multiple strategies for every trigger. So for comfort zone, I got four different things we can try. And because this is based in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, that means that one of these is most likely to work, but not necessarily all of them. So we always deploy multiple. We, we start with one strategy. We stick with it for 90 days because we're learning a new way of behaving. If it works, great. We keep it. If not, we try something else. And we do that in every area that we support uh, a business owner. In comfort zone, I want to hone in on one specific one that I think is a pretty, uh, a pretty useful universal. Um, and it's about progress over perfection. Again, here's you know, bumper sticker, you know, Instagram meme time right here. Progress over perfection. Focus on the progress you're making, not the perfection you're trying to achieve. That is very difficult, especially for business owners, because you're looking at the big metrics, the annual plan, the giant revenue target for the end of the year. But you and I both know, Pat, that when I set my target in you know, December for next December, hopefully I'm planning my year before I get started, when I'm setting those big annual targets, if I don't break them down into the steps that I need to get there, that's a big task. And now I'm actually getting into you know, potentially triggering my my grit or my high effort or my challenge trigger, let alone just getting started in the first place. So we focus on progress over perfection. And what that means is I need to identify what progress looks like. I need to identify what a bit of growth looks like, not what the ultimate win looks like, but what will it look like when I'm a little bit better? What will it look like when I'm a half a step farther than I am right now? What will it look like tomorrow when I do a better plan today. And getting down to, I would even call that, that micro level of planning, that daily level of what does success look like tomorrow, gets me to get in motion. And that getting in motion is one of the keys because now I've even moved out of think into act. So I'm moving out of my head into behavior. Mm -hmm. And here's something that I, that I absolutely love. If you don't want to do it and you need to do it anyway, and how often is that true? Lower, <laughs> All the <time>. lower <laughs> the bar, lower the bar, make it smaller, make it easier. Uh, you've heard this idea um, often comes up and maybe I'm trying to do a workout goal. Listen, don't even go to the gym. Just put on the shoes. And the, like, I don't even understand. Just put on the shoes. I want you to put them on, take them off again, and then go about your day. And like, that seems too easy. Exactly. Now do it. So we go for... <laughs> <laughs> Call, call me after, when you take the shoes off, right? Like, <laughs> and, but we got to get to that level. We got to identify the steps on the path to success, track and celebrate the progress. Um, and Pat, I'm going to give you kudos because this is something that is absolutely intrinsic to the culture, right? Of the idea collective is celebrating the progress, celebrating the steps to the win 
as, as good as the win itself. And for those of us that struggle with comfort zone, and I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing all along. And therefore, because I'm fearful of growth and what that might mean, we have to find ways to celebrate the small wins, that progress that are going to get me to that ultimate growth. We've only got a minute left, but I want to dig in on this just for a second. Annual plans and big picture future states. How Mm -hmm. come the steps along the way and the lowering of the bar feels like failure instead of progress? Because we spend so much time focusing on the vision boards and the big wins (laughs) and the trophies at the end. You you walked right into my trap, Pat. Um, <laughs> All right, I yeah, got but, and it's true, right? What the the downside of focusing, I'll say, only there because those things have their place and they have a ton of value. If I stop there, and we find this is, well, I'll tell you this: the number one deficiency of leaders and business owners is planning, not goal setting, not execution. It's the piece in the middle. It's the planning. We have a bias for action, and and success is the reward. There's no reward for planning. There's no reward for lowering the bar. There's no reward for, um, I got out of bed today, right? There's no reward for, I shook one more hand. We need to make those things rewarding because we need, and the way we do that is by having a plan where we can track the individual small steps. So the last thing I'll add is this, the goal is measurable. The plans need to be measurable too. That progress needs to have a measurement to it that you can say, yes, did that. Or yes, I did one more. Or I went to the networking event last night and I got five cards and that was my goal walking in. Now, ultimately, I hope that leads to my big revenue target. But if I don't know that going and getting five and walking out is also a win, then I'm not going to keep up with the behaviors that lead to success. So you have to put measurable, tangible, rewardable metrics around even the plans. And once you can do that, you'll start to reward the progress, not just wait to reward the perfection. And that's how you build up new habits, new ways of operating, and learn the things that are going to help you get out of your comfort zone to your growth. You want to keep growing? This is the guy to call. Progress is his middle name. Michael Progress Rampola. Can I call you that, Michael? Because that's what we're going to go with here. Strategist and coach at Spirity. It's always great to have you on the Pat Miller Show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Pat. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, 
and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. I'm your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Two things I want to hit in this segment, and one of them hit me pretty hard. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talking more and more about how no one really cares if your small business succeeds. And think about that. Who really cares besides your mom? I mean, your mom. Hi, mom. We love you, mom. Thanks for caring. But outside of your mom and your family, who really cares if your small business succeeds? I mean, you can relate with the idea of walking down your town street and looking over and being like, oh, that yogurt place is out of business. That's too bad. And then you move on to something else. Or... Wow, he had to go back to corporate? Uh, Well, you know, maybe the next idea will work out. That's kind of how it goes. Did you hear about Lisa? Oh, yeah, her flower store went out of business. Oh, that's too bad. And that's about the extent that everyone cares about your small business. So I thought to myself, okay, how can this show and how can the Idea Collective community and how can our events Get after this idea that no one cares about your small business. And I did the research, and you've heard the numbers. 50% of the small businesses will fail by year five. That means half of the folks listening to this show won't be in business in a couple of years. And I just, that makes me so mad. And I started to think, well, why is that? And I think one of the reasons is that No one really knows what it takes to run a small business. I mean, no one really knows what you're going through on a day-to-day basis. I mean, do you think even your mom knows what you do to survive? Or your former corporate colleagues, do they understand that you have to make money every single day or you don't eat? I mean, when you worked at corporate, I worked at corporate. If we had a bad quarter, eh. I mean, if I still had my job, eh, why? Because I got paid every two weeks. People that get paid every two weeks do not understand the small business lifestyle of you eat what you kill. They don't get it. And why should they? Because everything you hear about business in the U.S. revolves around the stock market, revolves around investments like Shark Tank, involves around multi-millions and billionaires, not people like you and me that are doing $300,000 a year and paying ourselves, but we're not rich. We're just surviving. So no one understands what's going on in the small business sector And another thing that pops out is no one's really covering it just for fun, just for kicks. I thought, you know, I'm going to Google small business news. And I put it in quotes because I wanted to see who was trying to own small business news as, you know, a topic. Because I figured someone out there must be covering small business news that you and I can learn from each other on. 
So I went to the Google machine and I put in small business news and bloop, up came, that's my internet sound, by the way, bloop, up came CNBC. Cool. CNBC, the authority of business news, them and Bloomberg and, you know, New York, Wall Street Journal and whatever. Fine. CNBC. Great. What do you got, CNBC? They've got a whole page dedicated to small business news. Hot damn. This is great. What do you got? Well, they've got stories all up and down that page that are only from 2022. They had no stories on the small business page. This was the number one Google search result. The number one result brought me a page full of news that was almost a year old. And I just threw up my hands. I'm like, you know what? If you and I needed a reason to band together and help each other survive, here's just another one. Like, this is just another instance that no one cares if you win. Eh. That's too bad about Janet. Better luck next time. Uh, Well, I guess she's got to go back to corporate. Too bad for her. Oh, yeah, had to sell her car off because she owed $30,000 to Amex. Oh, yeah, yeah, that bank loan. Oh, too bad about their house. Oh, yeah, the dream that she had didn't come true. Welp, I guess she's got to go back to working for somebody else. That's the feeling. That's the vibe. That's the culture that we live in. And I could swoop in and say, that's what the small business rebellion is about. And that's why the idea collective community exists. And all of that stuff is true. And I'm trying to connect you and me. I'm trying to bring together the people that this is important to. But you know what? Doing that is really hard because there's a whole lot of people that say a lot of stuff like I'm saying And it's just about helping them advance their career. To have a conversation that's really about helping you and helping people like you with the nature of, yeah, I really want to help you. It's hard. It's hard. And when I do this show and I build my communities and I have our events and even small business owners throw up their hands, eh, well, it's too bad about Bob. Uh, It can get really defeating. Really defeating. Because no one cares. And I'm trying to care. And if you care, I appreciate you tuning into the show, subscribing to the show, following the Idea Collective community, considering one of our events. Because if you believe, and I believe, maybe together we can start the momentum to make a difference. The other thing I want to mention before we get out of here, while I'm mad at the U.S. culture for not letting Uh, us into their consciousness with not caring if our small business succeeds or not. I just got to spend a minute saying, okay, yeah, they don't get it, but you know what? This is a really great place to live. It really is. And I'm bringing it up because it's Independence Day weekend, right? Fourth of July coming up. And just like I'm upset at people that don't care about our small businesses, it's a great country. And just like you might be upset at the other side of the political aisle, how could they not understand what I believe? How could they think that those people are monsters, whatever it is you believe? You know, we have people that we don't like in the country. We have things that we don't believe in. We have arguments that are happening left and right. But you know what? We have the freedom to have those arguments. And you and I have the freedom to run our small business. 
and we can build what we want and we can try to make our small business dreams come true. And that's pretty spectacular. So I want you to take a minute this weekend, not only to reach out to other small business owners that believe what you believe, but I also want you to take a minute, however you do it, go for a bike ride, sit on your back patio, have a beverage if you're so inclined, and remember how blessed we are to live here and how much freedom fuels what we do. Independence is a beautiful thing, and this weekend we get to celebrate it. So cheers to you. Out of time for this episode of the Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. We'll see you right here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for the Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.